Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about how I think that Destiny 2 is too stingy. I've been promising this video for a while. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. There's a link below. Click it. Come hang out with us. Now, I'm recording this on September the 23rd. I don't know when this is going to hit YouTube. I'm creating some extra content for myself because during Shadowkeep week, I can sometimes struggle to do talks and Q&A sessions. So if this hits at a time where you're like, why is this video hitting YouTube? This was addressed in Shadowkeep. Just keep that in mind when this is being recorded. I I like to give you guys as much content as I can on YouTube. And so I'm doing like multiple videos a day now, the week leading up to Shadowkeep. So... First and foremost, the reason I want to talk about this is I want to talk about Menagerie and what I feel like Menagerie kind of started this conversation with me. I also think it kind of woke people up to some of the realities about generosity and being stingy with loot inside of Destiny. So I think a lot of that's already sort of been on our on our brains and on the tip of our tongues. We've been talking about this for a while because of Menagerie. Then I want to talk about strikes and raids. I think strikes and raids, especially strikes, are like meat and potatoes bulk of the content that's not really getting enjoyed right now. I think most people either hang out in the end game or public spaces and strikes are kind of left out in the cold in the middle. It looks like we're getting some good content added with Nightmare Hunts, Difficulty Spectrum to stri- uh, Nightfalls coming with matchmaking coming to Nightfalls in Shadowkeep, but I'm not sure if the loot's going to really land. It looks like a lot of it's resource grind. Uh, second, the generosity lie. I want to end by addressing the generosity lie. I've talked about this a lot. You may have heard me talk about this in previous Q&As, but I think it's the most important part of this video because this does have so much to do with the stinginess of games like Destiny 2. So first, let's just talk about Menagerie. I believe the introduction, the introduction of Menagerie exposed all activities in Destiny. It was like an indictment of the entire game as being way, way too stingy. As soon as you got a taste for the generosity of Menagerie, especially even right now, because they're ramping up the drop rates. So right now, I think you can get four drops guaranteed for Menagerie. There's a chance for five if the Chalice gives you that extra one. And then this Friday, which this will be the smallest window, but the 27th, between the 27th of September and October 1st, you're going to be able to get five guaranteed drops with a chance at six. That is like an enormous difference from basically the entire rest of Destiny 2. It's an enormous difference, and I think that that is something that has really caused people to say, why can't the rest of the game be this way? Why can't we have way more drops, whether I'm playing a strike, Crucible, Iron Banner, wherever you're going in the game, Menagerie has really exposed the game's stinginess, I think. I do agree that 6 to 9 drops in Menagerie when it first dropped was a little high. If you were really fast about running back and forth, especially if you were on PC, because the menu loads were pretty fast, you could get sometimes between 6 to 9 drops from one run of Menagerie. I think that is a little extreme. That's a little bit too much. 3 to 4, and then on the high end of 5 drops from a given activity, depending on what you're doing, and depending on you know if it's Nightfall or something, I think that's totally fine and totally fair, given the number of rolls you can get on any given item. Most activities have no good loot grind, and we just kind of fall off with them. Now, that's not just about generosity, right? Loot intentionality is lacking in the game as well. You go and run a raid, or you go and run a strike, and there's no intentionality about what you're getting. There's intentionality in Nightfalls, drop rate's not that great, and then there's intentionality in Menagerie, drop rate's really, really good right now. So let's talk about strikes and raids, because I do think this is a... These are iconic sort of Destiny identity items and activities that have kind of fallen by the wayside in Destiny 2. I don't know how much of you remember Destiny 1 and what you did each week and and sort of your 
your weekly activity and behavior in the game. But for me, strikes and raids ate up a lot of the time. And that may have been because public space wasn't that great. I did the public space in the Archon's Forge so I could do like my talks and stuff. But generally speaking, if I was grinding and going for loot, I was going into strikes, I was going into raids. And those activities have really fallen off, I feel like, in Destiny 2. And I think one of the reasons for that is loot generosity. So let's just talk about strikes. I think Zavala bounties that are then, like, repeatable, that you can keep, you know, doing, kind of like Ada's bounties. I think those would be a big, big win for the community. Number one, I think Ada's bounties are a great system. They just need tweaked a little bit. I don't want to go back to the tower every time I want to get a new one. And you have to consider both the forges and even the strike playlist are designed to keep you in them. The forge ends, throws you in another one. A strike ends, it throws you in another one. Those activities, as they exist, as their identity exists, as almost like a playlist match made activity, there should be some reason to stay in there over and over again. So, if you gave me these Zavala bounties, and every time I completed the bounty, I got a gun from Zavala that was, you know, I'm looking for a great role, you could then have some sort of a buff that applies to the player the longer they're in the playlist. After strike four or five, they could be maybe getting more completions on the bounty quicker. So once you get to your fifth or sixth run, you're starting to complete the bounty every single strike instead of every other strike. This is again a reason to stay in. This is a reason to not back out when you get those strikes that you absolutely hate, like I always back out of the one with the fanatic, especially if Arkburn is on. I think that boss fight is terrible. People you said back out of like the Exodus Crash one or Exodus Black or whatever it's called. Again, Giving us a reason to stay in the playlist, I think, is a really, really smart idea. So on top of the bounty system, you could be applying some sort of a buff. Again, the generosity factor here is every time you're completing a strike, you're getting a drop. And I think that's fair. That's a one-to-one. You ramp up the buff, you're completing the bounty, getting the item, bounty item, bounty item. Then, as you ramp up into other activities like a Nightfall, here is where you could raise some of the generosity. If I'm completing a Nightfall at a certain at a certain difficulty spectrum, I should be getting more drops. Now, we've already seen that exotics are common drops in, in, in Nightfalls once you go high enough, and they're rare if you're not quite high enough. So they're already creating this idea that if you go up in difficulty, you're going to get more rewards. <clears throat> I would happen to say you could go even further than that and really start raining legendaries or even the actual nightfall specific loot on us in greater number. Now, if we move on from strikes to nightfalls to then raids along the spectrum, raids should also have a significant bump in both intentionality as well as generosity because the number of rolls you can get on a given item, whether it's the stat rolls on the armor or the or the perk rolls on your guns, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving people lots of drops to empower them to get the gear that they want, especially when you're going into non-match-made content with a fire team of six and working through raids that can take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour if you're a good team, an hour and a half to two and a half hours if you're kind of on a bad team, all right? So that's what I would do with that spectrum of content, that meat and potatoes, strikes to nightfalls to raids. You know, public events and lost sectors could afford a little bit more generosity too. I think maybe once you're even max level, you should see a difference in the game and what's dropping. Like, not really getting blues anymore, mostly getting legendaries, because at least even though you're breaking the junk down, you're getting fed more currency that's really valuable out of the purples versus the blues. 
multiple drops in menagerie from the community challenge I think is a good start that's a great place to start Bungie can standardize drop rates across the board add intentionality in certain activities with bounties like Ada's bounties and then maybe periodically just increase drop rates to make us get excited about certain activities lastly and this is the most important part of the video I want to talk about the generosity lie okay this is the lie that people believe and this is the lie that we, we buy into whenever this topic comes up the lie is this if people get stuff too fast they will stop playing that is not true that simply is not true and the, the menagerie when it was really generous is proof of that the more generosity we saw the more we engaged the more I got the more I wanted to keep playing also once you get loot that you really really like you tend to want to take it in certain activities maybe a raid maybe harder content maybe PvP whatever getting the really good gear has its own sort of reward which is using the gear it's not like you're just sort of going to get it and stare at it you're going to get those god rolls you're going to get those really great rolls and you're going to go after them generosity drives engagement because players feel empowered instead of feeling like their efforts are futile when you feel your efforts are futile you tend to give up you tend to engage less and you tend to not do you know the, the activities anymore which is what happened with 1k voices anarchy and taraba people just sort of disengage because they feel like it's a futile effort to try to get it there's no intentionality the generosity isn't there so engagement goes down that's proof of that also you can look at the gdc presentation by the diablo 3 guys that did the loot 2.0 and they said look when we raise generosity people went from saying i just want to get x item to saying i want to get a good version of x item and that right there that statement is a summary of a casual player being converted into a hardcore player and that's what you want that is called player acquisition you're not just getting a player to try your game you're getting them to become a gamer in your they're becoming a guardian they're becoming a destiny player you are turning them from that casual gamer to that hardcore and we had somebody say that i believe it was soldier on music who said destiny one turned casuals into hardcores and d2 has slowly turned hardcores into casuals and i think generosity is a really great way you go across all funnels of the game raise intentionality and raise generosity and i think you would see an increase in those engagement numbers and those commitments from players especially we have to consider new light is going to bring in a bunch of brand new players to destiny and one of the best things to do to make a player want to play early game borderlands early game division always feels so great because stuff was dropping like crazy so that's what i would say they need to do for this game going forward we're going to transition to q a i don't know if the q a is going to be attached to this or my other talk which is about how to fix scouts i'll probably attach q a to this one destiny 2 is too stingy so q a is to follow if you're listening on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash standard rage as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about Destiny 2 being too stingy. It's also following my video about fixes to scouts, some suggestions that I made. These videos are going to be hitting in different orders, though. But the too stingy video and the Q&A are going to land together. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. There's a link below in the description. You can click that link and come hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Going to jump right into the Q&A. So some of these questions will probably be about scouts as well as potentially going to be about uh, the actually being too stingy. And I'm not going to recrop this. Don't you guys have canvas bags? Your name's too long for the, the name <laughs> the name box. So it's going to have to stay like that. Do you think Destiny 3 will be free to play? Or do you think Destiny 2 being free and coming to seem was a one-off because Bungie was trying to avoid double-dipping their consumers? No, 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 no. No. They, 
New Light being free is not a sign that like Destiny 3 will be free as well, okay? Like a free-to-play game. They're doing what many, many games do as an established franchise if you're trying to maintain current player base, add content, and get new people in. I don't think anybody should be drawing conclusions that like, oh, Destiny as a franchise is going to become free-to-play because they made New Light free. No, 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 no. New Light is year one for free because we're about to enter year three. Year one is free. Year two is $25. Year three is 60 None of those point, none of those signs point to Destiny becoming free to play. Um, I don't think it would be good for Destiny to suddenly be free to play. They need that revenue stream. They need that money coming in. You can't really, I, you can't, Destiny can't live off of vanity items, okay? I don't think Destiny can live off vanity items. And somebody in chat saying, you believe it'll be a subscription. No, I, I, I do I do not think so. They can get roughly the same amount of money from a subscription with the current method that they're doing. Because you're basically spending $60 a year to play Destiny. That's $5 a month, and that's essentially your subscription fee. The problem with the subscription fee is, the subscription fee basically says, you can't play Destiny without paying the fee. Right now, it's a more sensible like value transmission. If you want the new content, you got to spend. And what they're doing is, is they're weaving in sort of the rhythmic value out of the book. That is, oh, I got to spend that $10 every couple of months. That adds up. So if you spend, you know, 40 bucks, if you spend 70 a year instead of 60, that's your subscription fee, essentially. They're, they're, and I don't, I don't endorse the people that are like, oh, they're screwing over Destiny players. They don't even realize it. But to a certain extent, we are being boiled in water slowly. Because they're basically getting you accustomed to the idea of if I want to play Destiny and stay up to date, I got to spend money every once in a while. I I don't think that 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 is that is that much different. It's not that far removed from the revenue they would get from a subscription fee. I think they would immediately lose consumers if they went subscription fee. Console players are just not. I just do not think they're going to accept that. Why? most of them are going to say things like this I already pay for Xbox Live I already pay for PlayStation Plus I already pay for my internet, I already paid for your game I already paid for my controller, I already paid for my console look, I don't want to spend any more money they don't want to spend a subscription fee in their mind, and I don't necessarily think this is the right mindset, but in their mind if they pay for Xbox Live to get online to multiplayer services on their console, they shouldn't have to spend any more money, so Year two is free also. No, it's not. No, year one is free. Year two, if you want Forsaken and and and, and all that stuff, you gotta spend the twenty-five. Uh, they're giving you pieces of year two, forges, reckoning, and menagerie, you're getting included in new light for some reason. But if you want all of year two, you can't do that. Uh, casual Irish gamer with seven months, welcome back. Mr. Self-Defeat. Hey, Lono, what character would be the most beneficial to start with come Shadowkeep? Whichever one you're the most comfortable with. We don't really know how all these buffs and changes are going to be happening. They did say they were making changes to a lot of the the Void subclasses. We don't know to what degree. I'm actually probably going to take the Titan into the raid day one, just to kind of bring back the Titan. You know, I played him a bunch in D1, and One-Eyed Mask is actually pretty good for survivability and contest modifier. Uh, You get that overshield. And so, 35 months from making love, dude. One more month to three years. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Um, so, that, that I mean, but that, I'm not basing that off of anything. I mean, I know Weapons of Light is going to be helpful in endgame content, but 
I don't have a bunch of information to like say, oh, you should go with this one because we don't we don't know everything yet. I thought it was free. I really want that ship, so I looked at my collection and noticed that Tess has given almost nothing exotic this season. Do you think this is a push for us to use silver? Well, I mean, they're moving away from you getting items consistently from the Ingram. They're also moving away from you getting bright dust from stuff in the Ingram. So you're either going to have to do bounties to get bright dust and save up or use silver. They're creating a vanity store. Vanity stores are there to, to, for you to spend money in. And I think it's totally fine. 25 months from Zeta, thank you. There are so many people that have said things about the Eververse that are provably false. Like, I don't know why people type things up and say things like, there, there's, there's more in the Eververse, than in, they add more to the Eververse than they add to the rest of the game. That's not true. If you're going to add up like the quantitatively the amount of like emotes and ghosts and stuff, but those are vanity items. Those aren't guns. Those aren't pieces of armor. Those aren't pieces of loot. And so that's not a, that's a false equivalency to be like, well, they added 20 items to the Eververse and they only added 10 new items this season for me to grind for. You know, five pieces of armor. Okay, five pieces of armor per guardian. You know, if you go into an activity and has a full armor set. So again, the quantitative argument just breaks down for me. And I think it's totally fine. Given what they're asking the consumer to spend to get into Destiny, to play current content, what they're asking asking you to spend as a consumer is unbelievably low. It is totally fine for them to have a vanity store. I, it doesn't bother me at all. And so what you're I think what you're pinpointing here, I thought it was free, is just a shift in an evolution in the vanity store. Um in past seasons I got nearly everything through play so did I but what am I doing with any of that are you doing I mean answer this honestly if we open up collections and we go back to a lot of the things that we got in collections from previous seasons I'll just go back to season 4 I mean all these ships that I got from her I don't want what I can only use one at a time go to the sparrows i didn't even get double rainbow harbinger's echo i think comes for that one activity i mean i don't know like i always move on from these things so it's like to me i you can only have one ship equipped at a time one sparrow equipped at a time anyway so it's like you got all those things but for what purpose like oh it's uh, it's it's in my collections um it's a corrupted egg sparrow. That's right. Yeah, I never did that. So to me, I get where people are coming from. If you really like just sort of playing the game and getting that loot and getting those, you know, getting those those exotic sparrows and ships and stuff, that's I think where the the, the season pass is coming in. You boot up and play every day. You're getting stuff from that that it's like the Destiny Battle Pass. You know, you're just getting stuff for playing. That's kind of your new thing. And there's an exotic ship at the end of it. There's an exotic emote at the end of it. Uh, there's ornaments for the two guns that you get. There's armor sets. Um, and if you're doing the bright dust bounties from Tess, you should be able to consistently purchase things you want to, you know, to a certain degree. Just fate here. Do you think if they made an increase to drop rates that they'd have to change the currency effectiveness? Like, would they have to have increased legendary shards required for infusing so it's still the same efficiency? You know, I didn't even consider this in my video. That's just something that they would have to come up with, yeah. Like, if you're getting multiple drops, you know, from Menagerie, and that becomes a standard thing they do in a lot of activities, you know, obviously that could become a problem with respect to 
you have an abundance of currency and those currency pain points are meant to be felt a little bit here's the problem though i don't think currency pain points are almost ever felt by hardcore players the game is stingy as frick right now and i don't struggle to have legendary shards or glimmer uh, ever I never struggle to have those things. Planetary mats, I mean, sure, but as long as I focus my attention on those planets every once in a while, which typically happens because of the flashpoint, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually not in a position where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get any of this done. Because, I, in in one respect, in one respect, I understand thinking, oh, if they're giving us too much gear, we'll get too much currency. That would need that would need patched. My pushback on you saying that is, sure, that's a really good principle and attitude to have about a game's currency system, but has the currency system ever really worked in a good way for hardcore players? You always end up with a bundle. Now you might say, yeah, but Lono, if it's really generous like that, that's going to scale down to a casual. They're going to have way too much currency way too easily. That's going to run a potential of like hurting the game, and they're going to have too much stuff. It's going to be too easy. I just don't know if that's a really big problem. If you are really generous and engagement goes up and people are playing a lot, does it really matter if they end up with a lot of a currency? Is that is that a big deal? Would be my question. I would I would I would go on to say that I don't think it's that big of a deal if I suddenly have a lot of currency. Now, if that makes the, and this is and this is where if you guys notice, we've talked about this a little bit before. We talked about how when we saw the Armor 2.0 system, we saw that the currency needed had a tiered system to it. There was enhancement cores, then there was enhancement prisms, then there was ascendant shards. And as we've looked at the nightfall difficulty spectrum, you are going to need to go into the harder content to get the uh, to get those currency items. The reason that's important is this is a solution to what you're saying. If you're feeding me a bunch of legendaries and I end up with a ton of legendary shards, that's fine. That's not that big of a deal. If the real endgame currency that is needed is held in a way of rarity, like ascendant shards only really dropping from really challenging endgame content, then the currency problem is solved right there by a hierarchy within the currency system. And to a certain extent, it's okay if my day-to-day activities feed me day-to-day rewards and the day-to-day rewards break down into currency and that currency is then also needed for the day-to-day activities of leveling, infusing, etc. That's a harmonious system. The minute you go up from that, you want to go into armor 2.0, capstoning, build crafting, really, really thinking through endgame, guess where you do that? You do that in the end game. You're running the hardest difficulty. The hardest difficulty is feeding you ascendant shards and the materials needed for that end game grind. That's harmonious. That works. So I don't think there's a there's a there's an enormous problem with feeding people uh, with feeding people lots of currency. I really don't. I, I don't think anybody's going to be playing the game and saying, "Man, I, I just I stopped playing because I just it was so easy to get legendary shards and so easy to get currency." They've created a good hierarchy within the currency systems already that I think will keep things in check and in balance. Because I, I would agree, you don't want Armor 2.0 to be like stupidly easy to do. It needs to be an investment. St- uh, Studalicious. Do you think the new changes coming to comp will make reaching comp rank easier for people still going after the pinnacle weapons? Do you think the new change coming to comp will make it easier? I don't really have a comment on this. I like I think it'll probably make it better for the people that are trying to solo queue. 
I think people that were stacking and rolling probably won't feel much of a difference here. But the people that were trying to solo queue will probably like the changes coming to comp. Solo queue, and then less painful losses. Uh, Pokerifery says, Hey Lono, D2 seems to be moving towards more intentional drops as opposed to quantity of drops. Is quantity more important than intentionality, or do they both need to coexist? I think they need to coexist. Um... Now, if you made me choose, if you made me choose, I'm going to choose quant. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to choose intentionality. I'm going to choose intentionality every time. If you came to me and said, all right, Lono, we can give you four guns every time you run Menagerie or, or you get one gun every time and you know what gun you're getting and you can still, you know, pick the masterwork and all that. Well, I'm going to choose intentionality every freaking time. Cause like, that's just generally how we're wired it's like i want to get thus and so and you go after it and when you're going after it you you want that feeling of like i'm getting the reward that i'm seeking i'm feeling like this is worth my time and if if you're not having that experience that's when things feel futile that's when people start to feel like i'm gonna give up this happened with 1k voices this happened with anarchy this happened with you know a bunch of different things in destiny where intentionality wasn't there I think a blend of both is probably better. If you were like, all right, Lono, you can get one gun from Menagerie every time and you can still control what it is or we're going to give you, you know, five guaranteed guns to drop, but you don't know what they're going to be. I'm like, couldn't we go somewhere in the middle and be like, we're going to let you pick the gun and you can get three to drop every time? I just, I don't think generosity is the is the enemy of engagement. I really don't. I think generosity fuels engagement. The more empowered you feel, the more committed you are. You feel like, I'm going to boot up and play. Early game Division 2 and, and Borderlands 3 have that feeling. Now, Borderlands 3 has pacing issues. We're going to talk about in a little bit because I have a video planned to talk about, you know, the, the early game grind in Borderlands is kind of diminished and hurt by the fact that they they just decided to not have things at your level but at the very least you can remember like division 2 early game just seeing stuff drop all the time you couldn't wait to boot up you had no idea what you were going to get stuff's just dropping all over the place and i think that when that happens that is not that's not the enemy engage of engagement the enemy of engagement is apathy like that is the enemy of engagement when people feel apathetic or they give up and they feel like there's no hope they're never going to get the item that's the enemy of engagement what happened to your buddy that couldn't get 1k voices to drop what happened to your buddy that couldn't get anarchy to drop what did that person do did did, did the lack of generosity and drops make him want to keep running raids or did it make him want to stop we all know the answer to this question it's not there's there's no mystery here to how players in destiny respond to really really bad drop rates they typically engage less and less and less with time and this happened with one this happened with Ikala's shotgun as well this is why static rolls was also the enemy of engagement because you would your buddy would get the would get the Ikala's to drop and you wouldn't and then because you he he already had it they didn't want to run anymore so it has like a it has like a compounding effect of like well if they're if they've gotten it they want they don't want to really run it and I think that's another reason to really consider a mixture of generosity and intentionality so you feel empowered as well as rewarded because of the nature of how they do the reward structure of activities I've never run an activity and been like, this is so rewarding and I got stuff that I liked. I'm now going to stop playing. I've never had that response to a single game I've played. Kizzo. 
Hello, do you think adding another class into the game would be a good idea? At this point, no, I don't think so. Uh, Gipor- Gipporalink. Do you think that they could make more powerful legendaries easier to obtain service revolvers, spare rations, without saturating, without oversaturating PvE, PvP with too many god roll weapons? Um... I don't know if this is a thing. I mean, oversaturating the game with, you know, god roll weapons. I don't know if that's like a thing that has ever really happened. Um, empower, empowering players, I just think, tends to drive engagement. You, 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 you're, you're going after the best stuff, and you feel like you can. Like they said in the that GDC quote that I quoted, when Diablo 2 started noticing that players... The feedback from players was... I am trying to get a good version of this item instead of I'm just trying to get the item, period. There was a difference. 19 months from Joski, Yolono, keep up the good work, love the content, thank you. And I I think in general that's kind of the attitude people take. Now obviously, here, here's the reality, okay? You're always going to hit a ceiling. You know, Eugene is saying I stop engaging once I get the god roll. Right. You're always going to hit a ceiling where somebody feels like they've gotten everything they need to get and they stop playing. That always happens, okay? That's that's a that is a that is a truth that won't go away no matter what you do with generosity and intentionality. Here's my question. Players are gonna stop playing no matter what you do. Do you want them to stop playing because they're annoyed at the fact that they can't get what they want, or do you want them to stop playing because they feel a sense of satisfaction and completionism and they're like, I got what I want, I am now done with said activity. Which do you think is better for the player's mentality and for the likelihood of them to buy content in the future? If I'm running the raid and I get the stuff that I want, then do wh- which do you think is better? I, the the answer is so painfully obvious. Like I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to make it seem like th- that that this is like such a stupidly accessible answer. But it, it, it kind of is, okay? It kind of is. <laughs> You're going to stop playing no matter what. Do you want them to stop playing the raid because they got their 1K voices and they got a good roll on a gun that they liked? Or do you want them to stop playing the raid because they feel like it's hopeless and stupid and they're tired of it? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I also think with the use of God rolls, I think it's really easy to have organic longevity. Organic longevity is I'm not getting the role that I want and I'm going to keep going. So you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you know, and you're hoping to get the role that you want. That's not the same as somebody who's like, well, I got the Ikelos shotgun. What what else what else could I get? Okay. One is more organic, one is more driven by possibility and chance. The other is like once I get it, I'm done. You know, what instance do they keep playing the raid though? In neither instance does anybody keep playing. That's my point. The goal is not to keep people playing raids for forever. Eventually, you get what you want from it. You're like, okay, I'm good. I got what I wanted. I got those items that I was looking for. And they stop playing. No matter what you do, people hit a ceiling and they're like, I'm done. I've got what I wanted. Now, you attack this from multiple fronts, though. If the raid has a lot better loot in it, because presently they don't have better loot, then you would hope that they would say, okay, I got that item that I really, want, really, really, really wanted. Now I'm going to go for this other item that I really, really want. And I'm going to try and get a god roll on that. I'm going to try and get a god roll on gauntlets, etc. You would hope that they would, it would take them a while to get all those things. But no matter what you do in any RPG, in any activity, people are going to get a threshold where they're either bored or like, I got what I wanted, I'm done. 
And I would rather have people stopping playing raids because they got the item they were looking for as opposed to stopping playing raids because they're tired of this, of, of how just how stingy the game is. If people feel like the game is stingy and that's why they're not playing, that hurts your that hurts your loyalty, that hurts your longevity, that hurts people wanting to buy the next DLC. I don't think you get away with it. I don't think you get away from it. Everybody does this with every game they've ever played. You always hit a point where you're playing less than you previously were. You get to a point where you play less than you previously were. And there's 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 multiple factors that go into that. There's multiple factors. Sometimes it's because you got everything that you want. Sometimes it's because you're sick of it. Sometimes it's, it's, it's you know a new game has come out. There's a variety of things that go into you deciding to take a quote-unquote break. And I just happen to think that it's far better for people to say I'm taking a break because I feel a sense of satisfaction and completionism and I'm setting the game down because I got the stuff that I want we played D1 so much there's other factors at play during that time Lars I think back when Destiny 1 came out there were not a lot of other games that you could play like that there were no Division you know Division was okay but like you've got Division 2 you've got Diablo 3 you've got new games like Borderlands 3 that have come out you've got a lot more games coming out in general there's a lot more games that are out now that are you know vying for your time Destiny launched in a bit of a vacuum and a bit of a gaming drought there wasn't a lot of other games to play so I think people just naturally were like well there's nothing else to do I might as well play Destiny you know I'm not trying to minimize how fun Destiny was back then. I think Destiny was a good game and was satisfying and fun to play, but I think there was a lot more going on. Also, not only was there not a whole lot of other games to play, Destiny by its very nature required you to play a ridiculous amount of hours to get anything done, which led to a lot of people not playing. A lot of people bailed on the game. So like getting getting into getting into a middle ground I think is a better place. Getting into a middle ground. We, you know, where's the generosity? Where's the intentionality? That gives us that sense of progress. That gives us that sense of, of, of loyalty to the game. And here's why I think this is this 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 could work. They're they're avoiding gaming droughts. They're really trying to avoid gaming droughts, uh, um, or, or I'm sorry, content droughts in Destiny. They're trying to avoid that with the content delivery that they're coming up with. And that content delivery makes sense for saying, hey, you know there's there's going to be a consistent reason for you to run content because it's going to be very rewarding and intentional samsona is there any way i can find which gun i need to keep good roll or dismantle other than unwanted guns from valute that's up to you just make the choice like learn what each thing does and make the choice about what you think is best uh, next question from Sin Veritas. Destiny 2 is stingy, but D1's even worse so. When Menagerie and Ada allowing us to have intentionality, if they continue this trend, don't you think giving too much loot will kill the chase? I addressed this in the talk. Generosity is not the enemy of engagement. That's a myth. Uh, McCheshire. Um, this is a little while away. Should a weapon suit auto system exist in the future? Um, would this allow Bungie to become more generous with their loot? Well, again, the danger of doing like a weapons 2.0 system would be that you, if you give too much control over what what's on the loot, okay, then you're just crafting guns. All right. One of the reasons that, the, that it works on the armor is because armor perks are not qu- nearly as influential as like Rampage Outlaw or different things like that. Those those perks are in are in an entirely different like field than like increased reload or increased grenade you know regeneration. So a weapon suit auto system 
I think Luke wants to go beyond that. From his when he when it came up in that interview and he's like, no, we're not working on weapons 2.0 right now. He made it sound like they're wanting to look at weapons as a whole system from in infusion and your relationship to the weapon. I think he's thinking bigger picture, like really, really getting a weapon, investing in it with usage and and engagement rather than just like dumping resources or like, oh no, I I got the gun. Yep, finally got the raid gun to drop. Now all I gotta do is slap all these mods in it that I've unlocked. 43 months from Vazer, dude. Not a lot of people can hit for 43 months. That's a day one sub right there. Thank you. We used to be able to craft guns in D1 when we could re-roll the perks on Iron Banner weapons. You could not re-roll the perks on Iron Banner weapons. You could reforge weapons uh, prior to King's Fall. Uh, rather, the machine allowed you to re-roll armor from the raid. Um, I don't remember a time where you could only re-roll guns from Iron Banner. I don't remember that. I remember being able to reforge weapons during, was it House of Wolves, I believe? And everyone like was re-rolling for like God Roll Dry Rots and stuff. Uh, but in general, in general, re-rolling weapons or forging weapons is an enemy to grind because grind says I could get a better version. Let me go run that activity. Okay. Re-rolling was saving up your currency. And once you have enough, just stand in the tower and hold the button down until you get the thing that you want. Right. Pretty sure you could re-roll iron banner guns. I do not ever remember a time where you could re-roll Iron Banner guns. There was a time where you could reforge all guns, not just Iron Banner. You could literally reforge like weapons. Like I did it with a dry rod. I don't remember re-rolling just Iron Banner stuff. I, I don't remember that being a a thing limited to Iron Banner. Yes, you could re-roll Iron Banner guns. You could re-roll Iron Banner weapons with for moats during Crota's end. I must have never played back then. And then what they do, they rolled out, what they roll out then, reforging for all weapons in House of Wolves, which was the next DLC. It was limited to Iron Banner when it first came around. I, man, I didn't realize that. I just probably never played Iron Banner. I never realized that. In any case, when they expanded that system to the rest of the game, when they expanded that system to the rest of the game with reforging in House of Wolves, it didn't it just didn't go over well they didn't keep it i don't i don't think they liked it i think weapon crafting and weapon reforging are incredibly unlikely to come back to the game i just i think it's very very unlikely i think luke smith's thinking far beyond that i think he he made mention of how he liked when you had to like grind for materials to invest in the weapon and then he said like they're rethinking everything like infusion and your relationship to the gun I think they're thinking through a long, a more long-term solution to a drop that you get that you like. My solution was that you would have to get the role that you want first, and then you could invest in making those perks better. Like, imagine this is the god role that you really, really wanted. You wanted opening shot outlaw uh, and accurized rounds for your Ostringer. And you finally get that roll to drop. Then you invest in opening shot outlaw and accurized rounds to make them better. So they start out tier one and they're okay, but tier three would be 
you know, the best version of the perk or whatever, and it would unlock like a mod slot. So you can have a mod on opening shot, outlaw, and accurized rounds down here that opens up once you level the gun up. You get the best of both worlds. You get investment in the actual gear itself while also allowing people to still chase rolls. I don't think you're ever going to play a version of Destiny where you're not chasing god rolls. You're just crafting them or re-rolling them. I don't think we're ever going to have a version of Destiny like that. Chasing god rolls is part and parcel to the identity of Destiny. Luke's Smith made that clear in his one director's cut. He even used like verbiage and phraseology to indicate that they like the idea of you you chasing a god roll, but they want it to be done in a way that like it feels intentional. Like you feel like you can like really, you know, have control over what's dropping and from where. And I I don't know. I think you're gonna see more of that and less I don't think you're gonna see crafting or build crafting come to guns. Anamana. We have the current boost of loot drops with Menagerie. Do you feel there's room for a loot multiplier of some form to be implemented based on activities or resetted statuses? I think what you're going to see them do is reach into particular activities and raise drop rates, like, periodically. Dylan indicated that they're looking at doing that. Like, okay, you get double infamy, you get double glory, or valor, sorry. Um... You know, they increase what you're getting, your, your infamy and gambit. They increase it for a while or whatever. It's, they've never done it glory. It's always been infamy and valor. And what they're doing in Menagerie is not requiring a patch. They're just reaching in on a reset on a Friday and saying, hey, drop rates are higher uh, in Menagerie. So they could do something very similar and we've speculated that they're going to do something like that with Vex Offensive like Vex Offensive is going to get close to the end of the season and they're going to say okay just to ensure that you're you know you're going to be able to get what you want out of Vex Offensive we've raised drop rate on Vex Offensive uh, so that when you do it you're going to have a higher likelihood of getting everything you were wanting to get out of Vex Offensive and it's a limited time thing you know it's just till the end of the season because well then Vex Offensive goes away right um, so that would be, that would be like my thought about how they're going to implement it. So I'm probably not going to get my way. Like they're not going to just start reaching into activities and making them more generous. They're going to keep a baseline level of generosity and intentionality, but then they're going to say, Hey, it's near the end of the season or, Hey, we really want to promote thus and so activity. And we're going to, ra- you know, we're going to raise the drop rate you know, as the dawning comes to a close or as, you know, festival of the loss comes to a close. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna raise the drop rate on the activity that we we added to that that given uh, event or whatever, and then it, it it causes people to clamor to the game. It causes people to be like, oh, now I don't think they're gonna want to do it every single time because if you do it every single time, then people are gonna be like, well, there's no point in playing until the end. People remember they did that with Iron Banner. Like if you waited till the end of the week in Iron Banner, you got more XP. So everybody waited until the end of the week and it hurt engagement, so they changed that. Like I don't think they're gonna want to do it like every time or make it be that predictable. But they're definitely gonna I think start reaching into activities like cranking up drop rates, f- f- like periodically for like a special event. Uh... Thank you, Rush, for three months of subs and for keeping your Prime sub here. That's a blue badge. Guys, remember when you sub here, if you're sick of seeing ads, if you go to watch these Q&A sessions and segments later and you're tired of seeing ads, I have turned off ads for subs permanently. Uh, when you're a sub here, you will not see ads on the channel. Um, so, um, Snake Eyes. Do you think Nightfall rewards need a pass over like old weapons like the DFA having random rolls? Oh yeah, I would freaking love that. That would be wonderful. 
uh, the duty bound, the DFA. There's a handful of weapons that'd be fun to go grind for with random rolls. Um, Angry Texan with the brand new Prime sub. Enjoy the dope badge, the Borderlands emotes, and the ad-free viewing on the channel. Welcome. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely, definitely say they could do that. Wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, would not be that difficult. I think they could definitely say, hey, you know, let's go with, um, you know, let's go with the DFA and the duty bound first. What was the other one? Uh, there was the other one too. Um, the Osprey rocket launcher, you know, do a pass on that. If rocket launchers get some good treatment, I don't know if they're going to be making them. I don't know if they're going to be buffing them. I think we're going to get the, uh, I think we're going to get a more patch notes this week about sandbox. We didn't get that because Dylan was in the hospital because of his heart uh, condition. And then Cosmo just got back from paternity leave. Um, so Yeti in a flannel with three months. Yeah. Then the silicone Yeroma as well. Like the sniper. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could do a pass on that as well. Eve the Waffler. Destiny has always been this way about loot. Think back to Vogg in D1. No way to get a specific gun you just played and hope you got the drop. This is the identity of the game. Why do you think D2 needs to change this? Because they've been changing it ever since, homie. The drop rate of Vogg is not the way the game is structured right now. Ada Bounties and Menagerie and the Menagerie Chalice are a refutation of what you're saying. I, I think the identity has changed and evolved. I, I, I don't think you can claim this. And I don't think we can say Vogue was the paragon of loot delivery. I, I don't think you want to say that. They, do, do you want to also it in Vogue? The only way to hit max level was to run Vogue, and you were forever 29 because the only thing that would bump you up to level 30 was a pair of boots, and you couldn't get boots to drop for months and months. Vogue was not and is not the identity of loot delivery and loot intentionality and loot generosity of Destiny. It is not because it isn't presently the identity in the game and we haven't had it like that in a really long time. So what you're saying is completely untrue. Uh, Jason, with 10 months, welcome back and three months from BK Soulfly. Guys, thanks for all those resubs. I, I, I don't agree with this at all. Vogue is great. But I think more loot intentionality in Vogue, I, I don't think would have hurt it. Okay? One of the most praised raids is Wrath of the Machine. For a reason. It, the, the loot intentionality was in some measure unprecedented. The reason to run the raid more than three times was unprecedented. They have consistently tried to bring, I think, generosity and intentionality forward. Raids for whatever just fell by the wayside in D2. Snashy with 24 months. That is a gold badge. Thank you, Snashy. So, yeah. We don't want to go back to that. I don't think so. Sin Veritas. D2 needs increased loot tables for strikes, heroic missions, and other legacy activities. They need to add purpose. How do you think they could rework the loot for these activities without cutting into nightfall drops? The system that I outlined in my talk was bounties at Zavala. You grab a bounty from Zavala. It can be repeated. You just stay in the playlist. And like an Ada bounty that can be done multiple times in a week, as many times as you freaking want. That's exactly how the bounties would work. I call them recharge bounties. You can just keep recharging them. That's how the chalice works. You complete the chalice, it spits out the gun, they give you the chalice back. You complete a recharge bounty, it spits out the gun, you get the bounty back. You just stay in the playlist all day long. Like, wouldn't that be fun? You know? Wouldn't wouldn't that be fun to just stay in the playlist all day 
strike after strike after strike after strike and it's really generous and the loot drops are great the longer you stay in what if by the time you hit your 10th strike in a row in the playlist okay that it gives you a a drop rate buff so the bounty starts spitting out two guns I mean come on like there is so much potential there you would sit in that freaking playlist all day long and I know people are like, well, what if I get disconnected? That would be really lame to lose my buff. I mean, they could give you maybe like a, a, te- a five-minute reconnect window to as long as you jump right back into strikes, you keep your buff in the event of a disconnect. Because um, obviously they don't want people backing out and skipping the, you know, the strikes they don't like. So I, I, I think that would be the way to do it. And Nightfalls can have, you know, Nightfall-specific loot, you know give you one mercy or something yeah you know one disconnect mercy you know they have their own they have their own problems sometimes they have their own you know connectivity issues and i think that that's that's totally fine you know that's just that's going to happen from time to time just fate here do you think it would be less stingy if every activity offered tokens and then they were used at respective vendors to get gear for high price guaranteed gear pieces you wanted for a good mixture of farming incentive and rewards okay i dislike this idea a lot. I really dislike this idea. Okay, but I don't want to like dismiss it and be like, this idea is stupid, but I really dislike this idea, and here's why. There is something really special that happens when the activity and engagement with the activity is coupled with reward. Okay? I want you to imagine you're on a bicycle, a tandem, right? You're in tandem. Somebody behind you is pedaling. You're in front pedaling. Okay? That is what an activity, engagement with the activity, and a loot reward, when they're working in tandem, that's what it looks like. Right? Picture the the strike reward from the bounty is on the back seat of the bicycle, and the front seat of the bicycle is the strike playlist. And they're working in harmony. You're in the, you're in the activity, you're staying in there, you're enjoying playing Destiny, and you're getting rewards. There is something utterly horrible and gutting about saying go grind the activity and get a bunch of tokens and then come buy something and here's why here's why when you're playing an activity and the thing keeps dropping there is something psychological that happens to you at a chemical level at a brain at a brain chemistry level there is something that happens to you you get a dopamine injection uh, ooh, uh, ooh, like that's happening. <laughs> you may not make that exact sound. Ooh, a piece of candy is essentially what is happening. The ooh, a piece of candy principle is that is in is in perfect rhythm. It's, it keeps happening. Okay. Whenever you're like, oh, I gotta grind five more strikes and I'll have enough tokens to buy a gun. You have zero psychological affinity attachment to the activity because nothing else is happening. When you're grinding for, oh, I need 40 more Gambit games to get Breakneck. 40 more Gambit games. Okay, 39, 38, 37. That whole time, your brain is in sort of like this, ugh, we need 10 more. Oh, thanks. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Sure, let's go an extra round. Let's make it take longer. Why? Because all that matters is that at that point is getting through it. Just get through it. Just get through the strike. Just get through the activity. Why? It's it's just a transmission of currency. Give me more currency. Let me check that box. Let me check that box. And then I'll go buy the reward. That is a neutered mechanical transaction of time, which doesn't engage your brain in the same way. So... 
just going and playing for tokens to go buy gear, it would be the literal worst thing they can do for the game to be enjoyable. Imagine you grab the breakneck quest and every time you complete a gambit game, every time you complete a gambit game, there's a chance for that thing to drop. You're on the hunt for it. And when you finish and that thing drops and you're like, oh man, sweet, let me check it. And then you go check it and you're like, ah, it's pretty good. Let me try it out. And then you try it out and it's okay, but it's not what you want. Okay. You get a sense of reward and now you're kind of hooked, right? You're close to getting the God roll. You're, you know, you're close to getting the best version. Um, and when that happens, there's, there is a, there is an it's not an addiction like in a bad way but there's like an addictive property to that there's an addictive property and you can't gut that from destiny there is a reason that the consistent feedback from the community has brought us to a point where we have ada bounties we have the menagerie we have intentionality and generosity are becoming hallmarks of activities in destiny like look what they did to reckoning the, the most consistent feedback about reckoning well how do we make reckoning better Increased generosity. That's how most of the exotic quests have been, and that's why I'm not completing them. Yeah, I mean, exotic quests are a little bit differently. I'm not necessarily saying this is an overarching, you know, piece of solvent to pour over the whole game. Like, get rid of long, grindy quests. I'm not saying that. Um, But I do think the token system that you described is exactly why D2 year one was so bad and what you're suggesting will not happen. They're not taking us in that direction. They're taking us in a direction of loot intentionality intermingled with generosity so you feel like you can get things you know, you can get the things done that you want to do. Um... Thirty and So Gaming's idea is still the best. Let me craft and eventually level up with components like that drop RNG legendary-wise I'm meaning. No. Mike and I will never see eye and eye on that. We will never see eye to eye on that. Loot-based games are about the loot drop, not chasing something to upgrade my gun or attach to my gun. No, it's about the loot drop. It is about the it works. You go play Borderlands, you know, go to the go to the most memorable times in Destiny. And it is not about crafting. It's not about that. Your most memorable moments are not I, I want you to imagine which do you think is more exciting, okay? Finally getting a Fatebringer. Let's think about Fatebringer or finally getting the God Roll that you want. You finally get it to land and you're like, yes, okay? I want you to compare that to, okay, I finally have gotten the last piece of this gun to slot in to make it my God Roll. I, I... You will never, and I mean, you will never convince me that that is equal in excitement. You know, it's, yeah, when we got the tiny Tina grenade from the chest in Borderlands, that is a memorable moment. Instead of go, 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 go. All right, I got that piece. Slap it into my gun. Go, go, go. Okay, I got that piece. Why? Because that singular item is not potent enough on its own. Like, oh, yay, I got outlaw for my gun. Slap it in. Outlaw on its own, it's too microcosmic. It's too small. It doesn't It doesn't have a punch and a power. It's like, yay, outlaw. Slap it in my gun. Where, where, where are we going next? Okay. Like, 
I just, he and I are not going to ever see eye to eye on that. Even if you can argue like, no, Lono, there would still be RNG. There would still be loot grind. You would still be in the activities. Yeah, you ain't never, ever going to get me excited about a mod the same way I get excited about a God Roll Complete Package Gun. And Mike's pushback is usually this. To be fair to Mike's position, he's usually like, that could still happen. He's like, you could still be grinding for god rolls and getting those god rolls as they drop. He's like, this would just be sort of like a backstop, almost like protection of like, if I'm going to invest the time and craft this gun and bring it all the way from white to green to blue to purple all the way up, he's like, I have that choice as a player. My biggest pushback against what he says when he says that is that that again is a is a, is a transactional very directional very linear i'm going to get a god roll i'm going to make a god roll and i think that's a problem because that is that is the enemy of grind and loot chase because eventually you're going to be like it's just time it's just time divided by like mat, like drops eventually you just do enough time to get enough currency to build the gun that you want I just build crafting on guns, crafting on guns in this game or in Borderlands or any game like this would not be a good idea. It just wouldn't. I will always push against it because you will see, you will see very quickly the death, the death of the charm and the excitement. Just look at what happens to me when I play Borderlands 3 in the first playthrough and I know I'm overleveled and I know everything that drops is too weak for me and none of it matters. All the charm of Borderlands just dies. I kill a boss, boom, loot explosion. Oh sweet, it's all four levels beneath me and I don't freaking care. I don't care. But when everything drops at my level, I, my brain is like, ooh, look at the pretty colors. Oh my, oh, it's a legendary. Everything is exciting at that point. Everything is exciting. You gut, you just really, I think you, you gut the excitement when you make it linear, when you have linear path and an RNG path running side by side. Eventually, I believe they're like two paths that are set on an eventual intersection. Okay. They're both offset slightly and eventually they intersect and slowly but surely picture this in your mind with me. Okay. Two points start from the same from the same side of the of the graph, and they're both traveling, right? And eventually they intersect. And eventually, over time, Mike's way of build crafting and investing in the gun starts to rise on the graph, while grinding RNG starts to go down on the graph. Why? Because eventually, your time investment surpasses the RNG because it's more effective. You've, you've put in enough time. You've built your god roll. And that's the problem. Those two worlds start to intersect, collide, and contradict each other. You cannot have crafting and build crafting in a loot-based game. On the armor, I just think it's a completely different issue. On guns, it just doesn't work. It does not work. In Borderlands, if they let me invest and craft and build a class item, it wouldn't hurt Borderlands. If you let me craft guns in Borderlands, it would murder what that game is. It wouldn't work. Uh, Thork, uh, Thorko, what do you think is going to be the DPS meta with the nerfs to auto-reload? Uh, probably field prep on grenade launch, spike grenade launchers. So you're going to want to get a grenade launcher and you're going to want to get it with field prep because that, that reload speed is uh, ridiculously strong. It, it allows you to basically empty the gun uh, in the in the same amount of time uh, that that lasts for like a weapons of light buff, 
You can empty every round you have in a grenade launcher with field prep. No, auto-loading holster is not going to be that helpful. No. Field prep is going to be superior to auto-loading holster in every way. Field prep gives you more more ammo, and the reload is stupidly fast. Auto-loading holster requires you to swap weapons and not use the heavy. I can get auto-loading holster on a grenade launcher and empty every round before I would run out of weapons of light. So, that's my theory. Uh, Karuma. I feel that Bungie is stingy with the loot for the right reasons. Bungie knows there isn't enough meaningful loot in each activity, and being a little stingy means extending the playability of the activity. Okay, we're going to get to the question now. Would you agree that this this is, or do you think it may be an oversight on Bungie's part? Do you think Bungie may think they are being too generous? Example, the unintentional farm of Menagerie led to loot drops being uh, changed to a lesser amount. Here's the thing. I addressed this in my talk, and you might have missed it. I believe that generosity, that's the generosity lie. That is the generosity lie. If we're generous, people will stop playing. That's incorrect. Now, your reasoning is a little bit different here. You're like, well, the loot table's not meaningful enough. It's not deep enough. Again, incorrect. The Menagerie alone had a completely sufficient loot table to, uh, to do it. Like, there were plenty of guns in there. There was, there were plenty of guns that you could go in there and get. Um, and, and, and listen, when I was working on getting a God roll hand cannon, okay, I wasn't getting it. I still didn't get the one that I wanted. And you know what happened when I started seeing like, oh, this is so great. Oh, look at all this stuff we can get. You know what I did? I, I, I wanted to play more. I wanted to chase other things. I got a good roll on my hand cannon. Let me go for a shotgun. Oh, I got a good roll on my shotgun. Let me go for a pair of gauntlets. Like, let me go for this. Let me go for that. I like the generosity of the, of the activity was not at odds with me playing the activity. It wasn't. You have to think mathematically here. Okay, mathematically. You have to take all five armor pieces, and let's just say Vex Offensive. Let's take Vex Offensive as an example. Vex Offensive has five armor pieces that can drop and four guns. You have to take every potential roll on that gun and add them up. And then add up all those guns, add up all the potential rolls of stats on armor and then you have to start doing like probability factors of what's the probability of you getting the roll that you want okay and then you have to see that the likelihood of you getting a god roll on all four guns as well as the stats that you want on all five armor pieces the likelihood of that happening it it's not high it's low which means generosity would drive you to keep playing what ends up happening is magic Mitch with 28 months thank you what ends up happening is you look at the mathematical probability of the god roll or the stat roll that you want on the armor and the lack of drops drives you to disengage out of a sense of hopelessness you're like it's just never gonna freaking happen I'm done I'm out I want you to imagine that's that's nine possible things. You go into the, you go into Vex Offensive. There's nine possible things to get. There's four guns and there's five pieces of armor. I want you to imagine you get just half of the nine. You get four things that you really want. You get two guns God rolled and two armor pieces God rolled. What do you think you're gonna do if that happens? Because the game is really generous. What do you think your the likely response of the player is gonna be? They're gonna go back in to get the rest. You know what I'm saying? I said it earlier. This is the easiest way to say it. This is the clearest way to communicate this. 
no matter what disengagement will happen how do you want that to happen is the question how do you want it to happen because the player is frustrated and can't get the drops that they want or do you want it to happen because they played like crazy and they got all the drops that they want which do you think is a better scenario (laughs) Remy alongside your idea for bounties how would you feel if nightfall modifiers come in with built in challenges that reward more loot based on a number of modifiers challenges completed thoughts yeah I mean if if they're going to basically say while you're in here, if you do more, you get more. I would be fine with that. Because here's here's another layer we haven't talked about, okay? Strikes, even if you make them more rewarding as a playlist, they're still, as an activity, kind of abused. Because you're just running past everything. Do we, have a, do we have a white arrow on the radar? We do run past everything. So the bounty system with, with Zavala could feed that problem. And you could say, hey, I tell you what, you know, let's, let's make them do certain things in the strike to you know to 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 make it to where they get the thing done faster if they do these certain things in the strike same thing with the nightfall increased drop rates or something like that like what if you hit a certain point multiplier in a strike or a nightfall like bring a point system and as long as you hit that point system you get a double drop on what drops or a triple drop on what drops motivating you to take your time well we could speed run it and be done in 10 minutes or we could take our time and it takes like 15 minutes but we're going to get double the drops that's better drops for our time you know, motivating, you know, motivating people to, to, to actually play the activity as it's intended. Okay, Shy. How do you think about the ability to no longer stack any buffs? To me, this is a bit unfair. I should be able to stack things like the new ability on the artifact that this... I'm not reading any more of this. I think stacking buffs needed to be adjusted to give them a baseline to make content both manageable and new, uh, and new items to be tweakable. So if they know you can get one buff from a player's... Like, uh, you can have a buff on your player like from a Well of Radiance or, or Weapons of Light, one debuff on the enemy, and then one potential buff on your weapon, those three lanes allow them to create more stuff in a more sensible way. Too many things were like, too many things were running away from, from, the, from the, 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 like the bell curves of damage output. Sinveritus. With reroll table coming to shadow keep, do you think that they're trying to do away with the, the chase the perfect roll and instead the currency to reroll? You are completely misrepresenting what Luke Smith said. That is not what he said. He said you will make a gun, and if you don't like the one that you got, you'll go back to the table and you'll make another one. We are not re-rolling a gun. We are making another one, which means you will grind, get, grind, get. Same way with Ada. Same way with Chalice. You are completely misrepresenting what he said. Everybody heard that and they're like, oh, we're re-rolling. If they bring re-rolling in Shadowkeep, I'll be shocked right out of my freaking chair. Like, I don't see them doing that. Ada Bounties and Menagerie are set on an evolution of loot pursuit where you grind and you get, you grind and you get. You don't grind, get, re-roll, re-roll, re-roll. That's not what they're doing grind and then get and then re-roll for you know until you get what you want is I, I promise you that's not what they're doing if they do that I'll be shocked and I'll criticize it because I don't think that's a good system I think that hurts your activity it hurts engagement you want people in the activities you want to fill the funnels with people that's like I said when the activity and the loot dropping are working in tandem that's a much better system than grind like crazy and then get the gun and just re-roll standing at some table somewhere Gary Diaz 
talking reduced precision modifier and hand cannons not one-shotting red bars could uh hang on i gotta look for this hvt um we need the hydra and he might be he might be down over here uh could the change in part be to make faster rate of fire weapons and archetypes more viable with one extra hand cannon uh shot I don't um no I don't think that's what they're trying to do. I I don't think they're trying to make other archetypes more viable with what they're doing. Here there's there's two lanes that I think's going on, okay? There's two lanes. Lane number 1 is they're trying to standardize our damage output. They want it to be more standard than it is now. It's kind of all over the place. Uh and so we you know, we and, and also I think that's probably what has led to some of the weird deltas that they've done to us. Right, because you can do, you can get such a such a mu- like a multiplier, okay, on your crits. You can get such a multiplier on your crits, and they're trying to standardize that, and they're trying to standardize that because they're inter- introducing four levels of difficulty now: adept, hero, legend, and master. So they got four levels of difficulty, and it's probably easier for them to pivot within those damage structures if damage is more standardized. Number two, number two. We need lots of weakened enemies for finishers to shine. That's another thing that I think is going on. I don't think they're doing this to, to create more viability within particular weapon archetypes because that this doesn't seem to be the, the thrust of what they were talking about in the TWAB. I think they would have said that if that was their intention. Easy E. Fixing scouts requires creating new maps. Do you think we'll uh, see a stream of larger maps coming this year? For PvP, I have no idea. I mean, they're adding Twilight Gap and Widow's Court, which those maps have some pretty long sight lines, but they're also pretty close quarters in a lot of the spots. It's a pretty good mix on both maps, I think. Uh, El Capo, any information on server on Steam peer-to-peer PvP? We're not going to get dedicated servers. Like, put put that out of your mind. We're getting we're going to be peer-to-peer for the duration of Destiny 2. KJ the Knight, would a rate of fire buff produce a better outcome in lieu of a damage buff? Well, no, because what are you going to do with all of the other rate of fire like scouts? Oh, if you make them all really high rate of fire, I mean, the current high rate of fires would become auto rifle auto rifles, and then the others would become, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't honestly think, uh, I don't honestly think that that would be the fix. I think that there, there needs to be an agility and a viability for range differences and a hard hitting thing at range that, that makes them feel potent enough to use in some of those environments. Sinveritus. Scouts were the backbone of D1. Do you think they will buff explosive rounds again? Do they have to nerf range on other weapons to bring scouts back? They're reining in range on other weapons, so that's... that's They they literally said in the notes that that was to give scouts some, some room to breathe. So they've already spoken to this, yes. I don't know if they're going to bring back explosive rounds, and I don't know if, even know if that's the solution. And Tunica. Thoughts on just giving every scout box breathing as part of their archetype? If they give every scout the old version of box breathing where once you've got it, you keep it. So you hold and then you get it and you're like, bam, 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 bam. And like it's 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 on there. That would be bad for PVP, though. J. Chris, do you think scouts should do as much damage as snipers do currently? Well, I mean, you can't do that in Crucible. That'd be absurd. Uh, But, you know, in 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 PVE, maybe it really wouldn't leave too much of a lane there. Well, it would leave a lane. 
and maybe that's what scouts deserve maybe scouts do deserve to leave their lane because they're difficult to use you gotta you gotta play range and if i'm using a scout and i can kill red bars really fast and majors really fast with a scout that feels like a benefit i'm trading a lot of agility and a lot of a lot of aggression uh, I'm trading a lot by using a scout. That might that might be a better argument. I don't know. I didn't put that in my video, but the more I think about that, the more I'm kind of like, maybe scouts, because they are precision weapons, maybe they deserve to, to leave their lane, and maybe they deserve to kill majors really fast. You know? Uh, Death Starfish. Could you see them treating a scout like the Tlaylock from D1? I don't remember the Tlaylock uh, enough to, to comment. KHRP. Are you afraid Shadowkeep will just be more of the same? Just on a new planet. I'm excited for a new expansion, but worried it won't feel fresh. I think it's going to feel fresh. I think the Vex Offensive and the new raid and Nightmare Hunts and the new difficulties for Nightfalls, I think it's all going to feel good. Their biggest challenge, I think, for me is perks on guns. Perks on guns and raid guns. They need to land that plane for me or I'm just going to continue to feel like a a significant portion of the game is uninteresting. Uh, Intersects. Intersects says, Do you feel scouts really have a place in modern Destiny or should they give way to a new weapon type? I liked your idea of variable scouts. They did something similar with the Kvostov. Yeah, the only problem is, is you would need to let me do it on the fly by holding down X. And I think that would help. I, if I got to go into my menu, that wouldn't be that wouldn't work. Big lovin'. Are there any year two items from tests that you're missing that you're looking forward to getting from the best of year two Ingram? Are there any items from tests? I, I no, I don't have an answer to this. I, I haven't thought of anything. Ashen Hollow is the stinginess you feel a carryover from year one, and that was a way for Bungie to stretch their loot pool uh, out until they had weapons worth chasing. I wouldn't say it's a carryover from year one. I mean, Destiny 1 was also pretty freaking stingy. Um, I mean, look at how long it took me to get an Imago loop. You know, I wouldn't say the Imago loop grind was a good grind. Now, we highlight that and we show that engagement can, can, can go for a pretty long time when we have intentionality. But here's what I think would have happened. Imagine if the Imago loop grind was better and more streamlined it's still let's just say it still took me 53 tries to get the god roll but it was more streamlined than i was getting them more often so instead of needing to run like 450 some odd strikes first to get the skeleton keys and then using those skeleton keys to open up 53 box you know 53 you know um nightfall boxes nightfall skeleton key uh, chests imagine it was a little bit quicker and a little bit more streamlined my contention is that peop- more people would have engaged with that grind seeing me do it, seeing the reward structure, even not even seeing me as a streamer, but tasting the reward structure if it was more generous. So the intentionality of the skeleton key system would have been met with a better generosity and a better and a better turnover of time so that maybe you only had to run like 100 strikes and get 50 some odd keys to get the god roll, you know, cutting it down significantly. Like, 450 some odd strikes for 53 skeleton keys is absurd. Um, there were too many layers of RNG there. Also, every time I open up the box in the Nightfall, I should be, I should be getting an Imago loop, you know. 53 skeleton keys, but a lot of those skeleton keys didn't even give me an Imago loop, okay? Now, when, when you do that, I think more people would have engaged with the Imago loop grind, which might have kept more people in the game. And that might have led them to grind for other things as well. 
I think that level of stinginess and the level that we have in D in D1 as well, um, I think you would have more people engaging with that type of content and then looking for more places to do that. Where else can I go and grind for something like this? See, the, the beauty of generosity is, here's the beauty of generosity. Generosity and random rolls meet, and you know what it does? It gives Destiny and Bungie permission to be scarce with loot. You know, you have a couple of Nightfall weapons, right? Well, that generosity and that intentionality takes me a long time to get each one. And so, but they don't have to pour the loot on just a couple of pieces in the Nightfalls. And then you go into something like Vex Offensive. What, four guns and an armor set? That's not that much, but it's something to grind for and chase. I think they get way more capital out of a small loot pool. This is what's so counterintuitive. A smaller loot pool, I think, is better suited with intentionality. Well, that sounds crazy, Lono. No, hear me out. Again, imagine running Vex Offensive and going for one of the four guns, and it takes you roughly a week to get it. And you're, you're playing pretty hardcore, okay? You're playing pretty hardcore. And it takes you a week each time. So all four weapons take you one month. That's where you focus all your energy. You're focusing all your energy on that one particular gun and each week you, you manage to get it. And you're playing a couple hours a night, okay? You're playing a couple hours a night. And that enables you to spend a month just going for those. Now, that doesn't include any of the other activities. Eris Morn's got guns. There's strikes. There's the raid. There's all these things. There's all these, there's all these places and all these loot pools that you are going to then pivot to, okay? One per week is a month. So to me, I think you actually, it's again, it's counterintuitive. I think you get more, more life. I think you get more life out of uh, a small loot pool with, with generosity. I think you do. I think you get more life out of it because right now what I think ends up happening is Let's let's go back to Vex Offensive, okay? Let's go back to Vex Offensive. And let's say, instead of the generosity and intentionality empowering you to get one of the good weapons, a good roll on, let's just say the first week you're going for the hand cannon, and you get it that first week. Let's change that, and instead say, it takes you about a month, about three weeks or so. Let's say three weeks. It takes you three weeks to get one good roll on one of the four weapons from that, that activity. What what tends to happen when that happens? People are like, I'm kind of done, man. That took too long. Frick's sake. Like, gee, many Christmas. Like, I just now finally got it. I am burned out. But if the loot turnover is healthy enough, you feel that sense of empowerment. That sense of empowerment makes you want to come back week after week. And after four weeks, if that's like, oh, I got all four guns, you're going to set your sights on something else. But... 1k voices anarchy and taraba are examples of people being like i'm done dude i'm so freaking sick of this i can't even get it or they finally get it and they're like yeah i'm done i don't give a frick about any of the other raid gear i'm done i'm out i'm tapping out you know i just i think that the generosity factor is completely being underplayed and thinking that people are going to get what they want and stop playing when that's actually ironically what happens now you take so freaking long to get the thing that you want that when you finally get it you stop playing because you're freaking burned out 
as I said, you're gonna stop playing anyway. You're gonna get to a point where you stop playing Vex Offensive. That is a given. There is no context right now where people just play Vex Offensive for forever, or the Black Armory Forges, or Menagerie, or Reckoning. All those activities have a shelf life, and that shelf life varies player to player. Everybody stops playing at some point. Do you want them to stop playing because they spent four weeks getting stuff that they wanted and feeling rewarded, or do you want them to stop playing after three to four weeks because they're sick of it and they're exhausted and they got one thing that they wanted long term the more seeds you plant in that person's brain that this is a rewarding game and I get what I want when I play they're going to keep coming back season to season I I, I just I, I think the generosity thing is it's so easy and so plain to be seen I think we're still suffering from vanilla year one D1 was this way too, but vanilla year one was even worse because once you got a better devils, once you got a genesis, uh, not a genesis chain, once you got a better devils, once you got certain items, you were done. Like, okay, I can't get any better versions of this. You know? Mock top. Do you know if we will have to re-download the game from scratch? Yeah, we're, there's a lot of speculation on this. The, the idea is that you can just really say, Steam, hey, everything's installed here. Go verify the files. And then maybe be able to verify some of the files and update. I, have, I don't know if they've spoken with any specificity about that yet. Uh, Bumble17. With armor now having random rolled stats, do open world sets that can drop from anywhere need to drop from heroic public events or similarly farmable content? Um... Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that. I have no idea. Loners forgetting the other extreme of playing Vex Offensive 10 times and having all the loot that you want and then you stop because there's nothing more to get. Array Arc is, is creating a complete myth and phantom and mathematical improbability to make a point that is, I think, completely irrelevant to what I said. There, It is completely... It is mathematically improbable and incredibly unlikely that someone shoots the moon and runs Vex Offensive 10 times and gets all four guns god rolled and all all the armor stats god roll with exactly what you want. That is so mathematically improbable. Like, And let's say one person out of 100 shoots the moon. You're still serving the majority of the player base much better and in a much better way. The odds of somebody doing that is 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 unbelievably small. That would that wouldn't I I can almost guarantee you that wouldn't happen. And even if it did, that person would probably celebrate that and be like, "Holy moly, I'm the luckiest person in the world." And their sense of feeling really lucky is only because it's against the backdrop of how improbable that it actually is. Um mythological figure are the changes to Eververse increasing the perception that Destiny is too stingy? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I think they just they need a vanity store. It's like slot machines. You don't play... Uh, hang on, I gotta find this HVT. I think it's the knight. He, I don't know where he... I don't, he, he spawns other places. I'm trying to do these. I typically haven't been doing gameplay lately when I've been doing these Q&As because it helps me focus, but I wanted to get these stacked before reset tomorrow. And if it's, it is, it's the night. It's the night. And there's nobody around to share him with, so... Uh, I'm just going to kill him really fast. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think that, that you could you could argue that, like, oh, we can prove Bungie's being too stingy when we look at the Eververse. There is there 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 is there is no 
there is no there is no reason to think that they're just adding the same things that they do all the time as a vanity option it's more probable if you increase generosity too much that's the only point I want to mention don't think it will happen right but a Rayarch when Menagerie was banging on all cylinders almost nobody got everything that they wanted and the people that did played absurd amounts like Paul Tassie's like I got god rolls on the weapons that I wanted and the armor that I wanted right and he played an unnatural amount of time again the majority of the player base number one isn't going to have that experience number two Menagerie was too generous I've admitted that like six or nine six to nine drops per run was way too high so you tone it down even when it was as high as it possibly could have been I still don't think people were getting the, the rolls they wanted that easily and bat and, and and stopping playing even as general even as insanely generous as as menagerie was nab fear with Bungie uh, uh, talking about a single evolving world what are your thoughts on whether Bungie should bring PC and console more in line with each other in terms of balance I, I think the biggest danger I think the biggest danger and the biggest problem here is that you I think you can only do so much between the systems with respect to making them feel exactly equal um, I do think they need to address like bloom and stuff on hand cannons but in general, I, I just think, I don't know, mouse and keyboard, they talked about that. I forget I forget where they talked about that. Um, they talked about something where they said, um, it was before D2 launched, they said something about needing aim assist on controller on PC because the game just didn't feel right without it or something. So the games are just different. Like, you don't want a lot of aim assist when you're mouse and keyboard. Like, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to have things perfectly balanced between the two or if they're going to continue to have a disparity between the two systems. Ash and Hollow. As a business, should Bungie do things that, like they did with the armor glows, where you can buy ornaments uh, and whatnot for an absurd amount of bright dust? The weekly bright dust rotation could be limited. Uh, engage shield. I mean, I don't know. I don't really how to answer this question. They sell vanity items already. They sell ornaments already. You're asking them to do something that they already do, but do it as glows. I, I don't, I think they've moved away from chroma. I think they've moved away from chroma to more identifiable like items. Uh, Zython. What are your thoughts on everyone being boosted to 750? It's a good soft reset to let everybody jump in together. Uh, and to let new players feel like they can jump in and play with their buddies Hunter C what do you think about Bungie only doing two raids per year one in September and the other May June I feel like this is the inevitable I agree with you I'm not going to continue reading the rest of what you said because I, I, I get the gist of what you're saying like I, I do think that's where we're headed and we've had this discussion multiple times because I think that they lost High Moon Studios and they lost Vicarious Visions as far as I know High Moon Studios helped with Scourge of the Past and Vicarious Visions built Crown of Sorrow so they don't have that now they don't have somebody building uh, they don't have somebody building raids for them so that's significant um, and we're probably going to get one maybe one of the summer the challenge of doing one of the summer here's the challenge of doing one of the summer okay you do one of the summer and that means you're building one right before your September launch content which likely there'll be September launch content next year uh and when you do that, you potentially make it even harder for the September one. So I could see them not doing one in the summer and doing one in the spring that's small. So raid this September, okay? You do a raid in September, and then you do a raid in the spring, not winter, and then you do nothing in the winter and the summer. Because um, the winter is too, too close to when we got the September stuff. 
and then the summer is too close to September. Like right, you'd have to want to smack it like right in the middle. Would be how I think that they would do it. Um, and again, I'm basing this purely off of like, <laughs> I'm basing this purely off of bandwidth. They don't have the band, they don't have the manpower to create that many raids. They've proven that over the, over the years. They need help, and they don't they won't have that. Hunter C. Bungie has said that there will be another NPC besides Eris and Shadowkeep, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember them saying that. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know if it's going to... It won't be the stranger. If we get another NPC returning, it'll be Aldrin. Anticipate the good. Can you tell people... Can you tell people who start new with Destiny 2 what they should be doing after reading the campaign? Uh, no. Uh, play the game. Play with your friends. Look for loot. I, I, don't, I, don't, what, I don't know what you want me to say to that. Like, it's a video game. Pick up your controller, read the menus, and play what you think is awesome. Like, there's not a, there's not a, hey, you're new to Destiny, go play these things guide. That's, there's so much to do in the game. Like, just pick it up and play it. <laughs> I'm not trying to be dismissive. Like, genuinely, I, there's just, I, I, there's not like some, some course that you can take to play from point A to point B. Um, if you feel like playing the campaign, the campaign I think is actually pretty good. I think the campaign is actually pretty good. Uh, but I could see saying, just jump in and play with your buddies and just start doing stuff. The game will give you things to do. Milestones, bounties, etc. So. Do you think switching weapons available from the Chalice in a weekly reset would be uh, less trusting or... Wait. Do you think switching the weapons available from the Chalice in a weekly reset would make activities seem less trusting or just irrelevant? Well, that would be considered what I call rhythmic urgency. So rhythmic urgency is where it's like, if you want to get XYZ item, you got to play this week. That's what Nightfall Grind is, right? If you want Warden's Law, you got to play when Warden's Law is available. Um, And so if they did that on the Chalice, I don't think it would make it less relevant. Personally, I don't think they should have done that with Ada. When they did that with Ada's bounties, I disagreed with that. I completely disagree with that idea. I didn't think that was smart. It created this idea now that, like, if there's an intentional grind, we should always uh, be able to get it. And I felt like it was cool to be like, nope, this week you can't get those things. Uh, You have to wait. Um, I thought that was good. I thought that made sense. I thought rhythmic urgency is a part of Destiny. It always has been. Uh, They even did that in in Age of Triumph. You know, the, the raids rotated. Um... And so you could only get certain act, you can only get certain challenges done, you know, that week. So suddenly having all of Ada's bounties uh, available, I thought that I thought that was a mistake. I, I don't think they should have done that, but they did. Gorilla Jump. Would you be against using gunsmith telemetries as a way of re-rolling masterworks? Re-rolling guns is terrible. I will always shoot it down in flames. Don't do it. It'll never come back to Destiny. I promise you. They did. They got rid of it, and it was bad, and I highly doubt they're going to bring it back all of a sudden. Twisky. Do you think Bungie should improve and increase the brand's perks and affects the weapons in Destiny, kind of like Borderlands? Oh, like the brands that have their like their perks and identifiers? I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it'd be cool if, the, if you know... Amalon and Soros came to the tower and sold mods specific to their weapons to meet their pain points. So Hake would be in the tower and would like sell Hake handling and reload mods. So, and then you'd have manufacturer mod slots. So you'd be like, well, Hake are typically clunky weapons that have low handling and slow reload. So you could take your 
you know, you could take some of your traditional hockey weapons that kind of feel like trash or feel really slow, and you could get hockey stuff for them. Amalon weapons, you know, tend to feel weak, but they shoot fast. So maybe you could do something like that, like a foundry mod to say, uh, you know, you're going to increase the impact of, a, of an Amalon weapon or something. I don't know. So, uh, I didn't mean reloading perks, just the masterwork. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let me re-answer your question, though. Rerolling the masterwork with gunsmith telemetries or even just gunsmith materials, I'd be fine with. It's just the masterwork. I would be 100% fine with letting, this, letting us re-roll the masterwork. That wouldn't bother me. That would be acceptable. It's just the masterwork. So, but as what you're saying here, like, I don't think you want to bring in, like, oh, well, Amalon and Hake have specific perks and specific things when you get them and when they roll. Um... I think the 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 art the manufacturers showing up and you could do stuff for them and help them test weapons and do bounties and earn stuff from them shaders emblems etc. You know you really like let's say you really like Suros or you really like Amalon. You know you could get shaders and stuff for your guns to make them look cool or armor. You know you you know that's just something neat. You know everybody's got stuff that they like. I, I mean I'm loving Jacob's weapons in. Borderlands, just because they're so freaking punchy. I always liked Malawan in you know the earlier uh, Borderlands because they just they felt good. So, next question: Blader Magician, uh, formerly known as Bladder Magician, haha. Remember when I called you that? Do you think that the key to loot generosity is the gun perk pools? Right now, perks are very shallow, but if they revamp the perk pool. To, okay, no, I, I think the perk pool is diverse enough. Dude, if you add up the mathematical, like, chances of you getting the exact role that you want and the masterwork that you want, no, I don't agree with this. I don't think the perk pools are too shallow. You can get a lot of different combinations. Now, do we need new perks and more interesting perks? Well, sure. That's actually a separate discussion, though, in my mind. I don't I don't necessarily... Th- I, I do not agree with the fact that the perk pools are shallow and generosity would make things too easy to get. No, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think the perk pools are, are, are in a pretty decent spot. You know, you can get, you can get close to a God roll for forever. Prometheus, any concern with recluse becoming even stronger as a primary? I mean, we're going to have to wait this week to see what the notes say. I don't want to spend too much more time talking about recluse. People are obviously concerned because they saw that damage buff to miners, but you know, we'll see. Arctic Spartan, do you think putting Nightfall weapons as rewards in the Heroic Strike playlist with random rolls would work? No, I like my idea of bounties better. I don't want to dismiss... People do this all the time. They're like, this guy only dismisses ideas if they're not his. No, that's not true. I've thought about this at length, and I think leaving Nightfall-specific rewards in Nightfalls keeps Nightfalls as a viable like funnel of engagement. And then having a bounty system through Zavala for the... Having a bounty system for Zavala that you then can go for specific Vanguard weapons the way you did with Ada would be better. And that's only because I've thought about how you don't want to gut one activity to serve another. Well, let's gut the Nightfalls to serve strikes. Well, then what the frick are you going to put in a Nightfall? Like, Nightfall-specific rewards are rhythmic and specific, and they've made the RNG a little bit better over over time. Uh, and... And I think that they're good. Rhythmic urgency. It's like, oh, it's Warden's Law week. Let me go for Warden's Law. Oh, it's, you know, the week for the DFA or whatever. So I don't, I'm not trying to like dismiss any idea that's not mine. It's just, I, 
I don't make a video and make a suggestion about how they could do strike loot and nightfall loot like haphazardly. I've, I've, you know, I try to think like a fully orbed idea. So when somebody brings up something like that, it's just like, you know, that that's, I don't think that's as good and that's natural, right? Everybody's going to think their own ideas are good. I love how dismissive Lono is to all my ideas. Well, I mean, what was your idea? No, no, I'm not dismissive of your idea. Your idea is false, Blader. The mathematical probability of you getting the role that you want is crazy high right now. Do the math. Go to light.gg, and I want you to add up all the potential roles you can get on a given gun. It's it's That's objective. It's not even subjective. I'm not dismissing your idea. What you're saying isn't true. The, the, the perk pools aren't shallow, right? They're not shallow. There are tons. Now, you might say they're shallow with respect to there's only a couple of perks that matter. Sure. But as soon as you look at the mathematical probability of you getting the three, if you want to get this exact role that I have, the odds of you getting it are crazy. It, there, there are so many potential Ostringer roles. Like, adding more perks and then also increasing generosity wouldn't necessarily solve the problem. It wouldn't solve the problem. In, in, in many cases, it might make it worse. Now, do they need to add new perks? Yes, they do. Do they need to make perks more interesting and maybe even get rid of Rampage or tone down Rampage so we could potentially look for better perk combinations or different perk combinations instead of Rampage Outlaw, Rampage Outlaw, Rampage Outlaw. You know what I mean? Read the second part of the question. Right now, perks are very shallow, but if they were to revamp the perk pool to a 1 in 200 roll, it could become a 1 in 2,000 roll, and they'd be able to crank up generosity. I didn't need to reread the rest read the rest of his question, homie. I grappled with what he said, and I'm dismissing it. It's not true. Like, that's but that's not what he means, Kelly. Read the rest of his question. He's saying, increase it to a 1 in 2,000 chance instead of a 1 in 200 chance. That would be horrible! It would take you a lifetime to get the role that you wanted. Even if they raise generosity, you're just moving the goalpost and the distance between you and a god roll is staying the same. The ratio's not changing. If the ratio's not changing. If right now, if it's a 1 in 200 chance and I'm getting a drop every other, like every, every other run, I got to run it twice to get it. Run it twice, get it. Run it twice, get it. And they double, they double the probability. Instead of it's 1 in 200, they're like, it's 1 in 400, okay? But then they give me a drop every time. You've not changed anything, right? It's like, I, I don't even know if my math shapes, shakes up right there, shapes up right there, but you get the point that I'm making, right? If you double the drop rate, but then double the potential perk pool, you're not solving the problem. You're making, in some, in some respects, you might be making it worse. I just... I reject the notion that the perk pool is too shallow. Now, is the perk pool boring? Yes. Is it repetitive? Yep, you betcha. You and I are in agreement on that. We need to call on Bungie, and we've been calling on Bungie. Give us better perks. Give us more interesting perks. Because everybody's chasing the same perks over and over and over and over again. We can have agreement on that. But I'm never going to agree with somebody's like, yeah, the perk pool is too shallow. It's a 1 in 200 shot. That's not too shallow. Are you crazy? Do you know how long it takes to get a god roll? You know, I don't need a math lesson. I've been the one to argue for more generosity before any of you jokers learned about the menagerie. Cool, man. 
good for you. I don't have a ribbon for stuff that doesn't matter. Like, I don't think that... I don't think increasing the perk pool would help matters. I think it would make matters worse. And I don't think you can say right now, when you go to light.gg and you look at the potential roles on a given weapon, I don't think you can say with a straight face, the perk pool and perk, like the probability of getting the roles that you want, it's too shallow. I think that's, that's a ludicrous thing to assert. It's not backed by the math. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I'm getting one nightfall drop, right? I know what you mean, Kelly, when you say it's too shallow, but that's not what he was saying. He was saying take it from a 1 in 200 chance to a 1 in 2,000. Right now, I get a nightfall drop like every six every six nightfalls. Every six, okay? And the likelihood of me getting the god roll is ridiculous. One in, two, one in 200, you know? It's absurd. It's absurdly high, okay? So the time it's going to take me to get the the god roll is is so drawn out that I think people just get exhausted and they stop playing. It's like the drop rate on the 1k voices. The 1k voices drops god roll because it's an exotic, but it's the same idea, right? Shallow doesn't equal the amount of crappy rolls in the game. Well, right. You guys are saying different things. Kelly is saying, Kelly is saying the perk pool is shallow with respect to like, there's a bunch of junk in there, okay? But when you said 1 in 200 and it should be instead 1 in 2,000, then if it was a 1 in 2,000 chance at the god roll, then they could increase generosity. I'm rejecting that and saying, no, 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 no. Right now, if they added a couple more interesting perks for us to chase and make it interesting and make more perk diversity like a thing, you don't want to, you don't want to raise it to a 1 in 2,000 chance. A 1 in 2,000 chance, even if you increase diversity, is absurd. Like, it's going to take you forever. It's a, it's a matter of saying, yeah, they're like, and here's the other thing you have to consider. Bad perks are really, really important, and here's why. If you create a pool of perks that are all good and all viable, okay, what you end up with is the difference between a good role and a god role becomes marginal and very small, which actually grates against incentive to grind for a god role and actually neuters grind, because every good role is pretty much the same as another good role you have to have bad roles if you don't have bad roles then there's no spectrum if there's spectrum there is oh i finally got one but it's not very good it's it's bad it's in the middle or oh no this is the absolute best possible role if you don't have that spectrum it absolutely murders it murders grind because if your role is good and my role is good and your role is a god role and the difference between those weapons is incredibly small because we've made all the perks viable and good, you've now a- you've now actually hurt the grind. You've actually kind of gone back to static roles because getting the gun is sufficient enough. It's like, well, it's got a good role on it. There aren't, <laughs> There's no such thing as a bad role now. They made all perks viable. They made all perk combinations pretty solid. It's like getting a static role weapon. You get the weapon and you're done. Ikelos, you got the weapon and you were done. You didn't need to go for it anymore. Yep, got the new raid hand cannon. Yeah, they basically got rid of all the bad perks. So, I mean, the gun's amazing out of the box. I don't even need to go. I just, you, there's a delicate balance here. And I don't think that, I don't think the answer is to increase quantity. So it's a one in 2000 chance. I also don't think the answer is to eliminate bad possible roles or bad possible perks. Um, where were we here? Uh, preloadable on Steam hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, anticipate the good. What's your personal uh, addiction for Destiny? How could you stick so long for it and get into it so deep? There seems to be something fascinating about it. I'm trying to find out myself. 
I can't pers- personally motivate myself to play. Well, I mean, for some people, it's just how good the guns feel. There are people that play that don't have the best weapons. They don't have three characters. They don't. They don't have very many exotics. They just love to boot up and shoot enemies. It's just a really satisfying uh, game to play. There were people. Somebody quoted Gearbox at saying the reason that they really focused on gunplay in Borderlands was that they noticed how many people would play hours of Destiny just because the guns felt so good. Like players really cite the gunplay as being satisfying and making them want to play a lot. And I think that that's one of the reasons. There's also just a strange, there's a really, really strange satisfaction to checking off boxes. Like you feel like you're getting something accomplished with your time. Like you, you, you slam in the, you slam in the, the bounties or like, like seeing this, this screen right here just looks nice. Seeing all those exclamation points and getting ready, you know, for the new content. It just feels good. You know, it just feels good. Uh, going from a 1 in 200 chance to a 1 in 2k chance is stupid crazy. Do you think they'll ever give you 10 times the drops, the materials for those weapons? It's like you're coming so close to where I'm leading you and then skyrocketing away to Siberia. You're the one who submitted a question that says, let's go from a 1 in 200 chance to 1 in 2,000. It's your own it's your own verbiage that is making us think that the suggestion is absurd. So maybe submit a different question next time. Evil the Waffler. You say disengagement will happen. My question is, how long should an activity be before engagement should disengagement should happen? Well, I mean, if it's considered seasonal, then I would say for the season, I should feel like I'm getting rewarded enough that while I play throughout the season, I feel a sense of like accomplishment and like I'm 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 getting loot for my time. And then after like, you know, for a hardcore player, you gotta you gotta think about it like this way. It scales down, right? It scales down. So if a hardcore player is done with an activity after a month, that means a more casual player is going to take two months or more to get to the same place because they engage a significant less amount of time. Okay? So you can't use hardcore players as the measure. If I hit max level in two weeks, it's not even two weeks, right? It's how many hours a day did I play? Well, 10 hours a day. 10 hours a day times 5 days a week is 50 hours that's 2 weeks, that's 100 hours 100 hours spread out over how much time do you play into those 100 hours to get max level also, I hit max level in 100 hours focusing on only that your 100 hours might look different than my 100 hours so you get in 100 hours and not hit max level do you see what I'm saying? so a given activity running out of steam because you get the stuff that you want is... I think going to happen differently for different people. That's why intentionality and generosity working in tandem just it scales down so well. The more casual players like, you know what? I just really wanted this new weapon. It seems pretty awesome. I got a couple to try out. This one seems to be the best roll out of the bunch. And then the hardcore players like, uh-uh, not me. I'm go- I'm going. I'm in my week 2 of the grind. I want the absolute god roll. I'm not done yet. It just I think generosity and intentionality scales down from the top to the bottom so well. So well problem with the one guy's suggestion is that gear dropping isn't a linear increase it's an exponential equation right i mean i just it's you don't want to turn too many knobs anticipate the good what would you think about weapons like in borderlands 3 where you could change the weapons to another type of weapon well i suggested that with scouts variable scouts is kind of in that lane you would change the fire rate by holding down x uh the phantom and there there are weapons like that in borderlands uh, I didn't get the idea from Borderlands. I got the idea from Call of Duty. There was the the rip. Was it called the Ripper? You could switch it from an SMG to an auto rifle. Um, 
Do you think raids would benefit from implementing an Ada Bounty Menagerie Chalice system? Either that or a chest system. If there's two chests at every encounter, a weapon chest and an armor chest, okay, you rotate what drops each week. So this week I know that it's 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 boots and chest and helmet. Boots, chest, helmet, and the next week it's gauntlets and mark and ghost or something. I don't know. Um, and then you got six guns. So one week it's these three guns, next week it's these three guns. You got three chests three encounters, there's two chests, there's an armor and it even says before you open it, like open chest for boots, open chest for shotgun or whatever and as long as the raid is feeding you a currency to make that key so you can open like one chest per run, or maybe one chest per boss fight so you gotta choose between the armor and the weapons I think that would be perfectly fine if every time I run a raid, I can pop a chest for and one armor piece each engagement or one gun each engagement and they're non-powerful I think that's totally fine people are gonna get stuff too fast no they're not okay if it's three guns this week and three guns next week and three pieces of armor this week and three pieces of armor next week right you're you're not gonna get the things too fast again the mathematical probability of you getting god roll guns or the stats you want on armor it's low intentionality and generosity are not the enemy. We have bought into a complete myth and lie about that. People are not going to stop playing because they get a couple of god roll weapons from the raid. They're going to be like, this is awesome. I'm going to go for the full set. I'm going to go for the next guns next week. I'm going to get a different set from my other There's three characters too that could get three armor sets. I'm telling you, it is a complete and utter fabricated fear story. Oh, people are going to stop playing. They already are and I think they're stopping a lot earlier than they would if they had intentionality. Venom. Do you think the problem is not enough items, not enough rolls? No, I don't think so. Um, the sky. What about giving scouts a damage boost when shooting enemies that are a certain distance away from you? What, but that that grates against the design of the game. There's a lot of there's, there's so many encounters in the game where nothing 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 is far away. Everything's really really close. So. People will not stop playing gear for getting too fast. They stop playing because they don't get any gear. I I think that's more that is a that's a more common occurrence than people being like, man, this game's so generous. Better shut it off. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Uh, Dabata, how would you feel about an item like Sea of Fate in World of Warcraft, which allows you to use after you kill a boss in a raid to basically loot him again in an attempt to get an item that you're trying? To- I just outline what I think they should do with chests. It's it's in line with something they already did in Wrath of the Machine. I think that would be a perfectly fine system. Uh, Falcon Juju. Lono, I had an idea about raid loot. What if you could get a powerful gear for each encounter and for each character each week, one time per week? Then you could rerun the raid again for non-powerful. Just outline a system like that. Great idea. Preach that on the forums and Twitter. Let's get them to do it. Anticipate the good. Do you think that in-game there should be a list on the UI that shows the potential reward when you're doing a specific activity to motivate people or at least a beginner to know where to go? Yeah, this is a, um... This is, a, this is an idea that I had for NPCs. So, like, you pull open the director, and you would go to, like, you'd go to the Traveler, and you'd drag your... Over here, you'd see Commander Zavala, and it would say underneath what he had that week, right? Um, you would see what he had that week. Because, like, Ada... Look, for an example, Ada's bounty, it says challenges, and it says powerful armor. Well, instead of saying powerful armor, it would say 
Vanguard shotgun, or and then Crucible would say like Crucible uh, sniper rifle, and so you knew that week that was the that was the bounty that he offered. You could do the exact same thing with the NPCs on the planets. I'd hi- I'd highlight Devrim K, and instead of saying services, package, and rewards, it would say services. Um, it would have a little picture, and it would say you know old fashioned, and you knew that week Devrim K had a bounty for the old fashioned, and so that's in that's like showing people there's like loot incentives and loot pools in different places that they can go for. Sulfur. Do you think Destiny could benefit from in-game leader? boards for high score fastest time nightfalls and strikes that's that's window dressing i don't think we need that stuff right now that just feels like window dressing um i'm not going to say no to it but i don't think it's a primary importance light leap uh spicy rights with a brand new prime sub enjoy the dope badge the dope emotes we got borderlands emotes and you get ad free viewing when you're here thank you for using your twitch prime sub if you guys have a twitch prime sub and you use it here you won't see ads when you're here it's a nice feature because ads have gotten kind of crazy Light Leap. While Menagerie is nice, I think it would have been better if I could grind some of the weapons and the content that they were made for. Why do I repeat Menagerie so many times for a uh, SOO gun and a Waking Vigil? Wouldn't it be better to drop right in those? Oh yeah, I said that the Blind Well should have had weekly weapon drops. I would have been in the Blind Well over and over and over again for God rolls on some of those weapons. It would have been fun. It would have been sensible. Uh, blind well is another activity that lacked intentionality and so as an activity it kind of falls apart it's like I do this for milestones once I'm leveled I don't do this anymore and loot intentionality and loot generosity fixes that problem 32 months from food ands thank you foo getting close to 3 years welcome back so I agree with you I think menagerie was still the the right answer at the right time but yes, activities, I think, being generous with their, with their, whatever it is that they're, is tied to them makes more sense than like suddenly going into Menagerie and getting stuff from Dreaming City and stuff. Um, so I, yeah, I agree. I think that, um, th- they could have done a better job with that. So that is the 63rd question. That was a lot of questions. We're going to transition. We're still going to kind of sit here and talk Destiny. It's 30 minutes to reset on a Monday. And also, we're going to do a Borderlands talk and Q&A today as well. So stick around for that if you want to save for that. We're going to be in Destiny for a little while. So if you're here live, don't go anywhere. If you've enjoyed the interactive podcast style, we do this all the time. We're talking. We're interacting. You can submit questions. Even when I'm not doing this, you can interact with me. And it's a pretty good back and forth. Click that follow button if you haven't yet. That's a free way to support me. If you're listening or watching in all the other locations as well, please like, share, and subscribe.